over those things that have troubled us in this week, over those things that are weighing down on us, over those things that we may not comprehend, we speak Jesus. Over our bodies that may need healing, we speak Jesus. Over our families and our friends that just need to hear from Jesus, we speak Jesus. We just thank you, Heavenly Father, for the opportunity to stand on holy ground and in your presence. We thank you for your goodness and your grace and your mercy. We thank you that someone spoke Jesus into our lives so we can stand here right now and proclaim that you are God Almighty, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Thank you, Lord, for the things that you are doing for us, Heavenly Father. And I pray specifically over all of those needs in this place and the families that they represent, Heavenly Father, that your spirit and your grace and your love and your mercy just come into those places where the need is. Lord, let it be replicated not only in this sanctuary, but for all of those people that watch online, but across our city and across our state and across our nation. And in truth, across our world, because there are places in this entire world that need to speak the name of Jesus over that circumstance. We just declare your sovereignty. We declare your grace and your love and your mercy and your power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Church, it is good to see you, saints of the Almighty. It is very good to see you. Just in a spirit of worship, would you turn to someone and say, I am so glad to see you in the house of God today. Welcome. Good evening, church family. How are we doing tonight? Let's give it a round of applause for God showing up tonight. Amen. All right. Church, it's so awesome for you guys to be here on our midweek service here on Wednesday. Uh, before we get started, I don't want to embarrass anybody, but is anyone visiting our church for the very first time today? Tonight, rather. Nice. Welcome, guys. Welcome. Welcome for joining us. Thank you that you guys found us. And if you're joining online for us for the first time as well. We want to welcome you as well. Church, before we get started with our sermon tonight, uh, 
we're going to catch you guys up on a few things that's going to going on for the next few weeks. First, this next coming, uh, this coming Sunday, rather, is baptisms. If you missed the last time we did it last month, and if you want to make that next step with your walk with God, with your walk with Christ in your life, now uh, Sunday will be the time to do it. All you got to do is just register. Right behind me, there's going to be a QR code. You can scan that, and it'll take you to a link where you can register to baptize and so many other things. Um, or you can call the front office as well from tomorrow and Friday. Tomorrow and Friday. You could call our offices to register as well if you want to do it that way as well. Um, and youth, youth camp. Youth camp is, yeah. <laughs> youth camp is coming right around the corner. Summer or summer is coming, and that's when youth is going to go out to Rio Doso. They're going to experience Christ in an amazing way that they can understand and comprehend. If you would like to send your child or your um, sister, your niece, your nephew, your cousin, or your neighbor, or whoever it is that you mentor and look after, if you would like to send them to camp, we recommend, or not recommend, we ask you and require that you register your child, however many kids you are going to send. Registration is super crucial and it's super important because while they're out there for the whole week, they will be fed. They will be fed. They're going to have a lot, a lot of activities. They're going to have rooms to sleep in. The camp over there needs to know how many kids that they need to prepare for. They need to know how much food they need to order, how uh, to prepare, how many rooms that they need to prepare. So all of that is super important. It's really crucial that you register your child to uh, go to camp. And the if you need help, if your child needs help, if you need help, uh, financially to send your kid to camp, we have a couple options. We have fundraising. You're, you can check out a box of candy, a box of chocolates, and your kid can go sell some chocolates at school, right before school ends, door-to-door. Baseball season is coming up. It's a great time to go to the baseball parks and go over there. I know those baseball players and parents and families are dying for snacks. That would be an awesome time to go and, and fundraise for your child to go. Also, the church offers a scholarship of, I believe it's 25% of, of the cost it is to go to camp, offers a scholarship, and that's open to you if you need help. Um, so those are some options. If you would, again, if you would like to send your kid, please register. Please register so that they can accommodate, they know how many kids to accommodate while they're out there for the entire week. It's going to be awesome. That's about it. Just baptisms this coming Sunday. Register if you want to make that next step and register your child if you want to send them to camp. Also, Easter Sunday is coming up April 9th. If you didn't, if you haven't already, this past Sunday have two invitations. Grab some on your way out today when you're dismissed. Two invitations. And I challenge you, church, to give that to either one person that you know and then give it the other to one person you don't know. Um, make sure you grab two on your way out today. Uh, it's going to be an amazing service. We're going to have an am amazing worship time as well. Um, that's about it. And church, everything we do here, uh, camp, VBS, which is also coming up this summer, everything that we do here, the outreaches, couldn't be done without your faithful giving and your tithing. So on behalf of the leadership here uh, of New Beginnings Church, we want to say thank you. Yeah, amen. Absolutely. Amen. 
And if you'd like to do that today, we have envelopes outside. You can put in your tithe in there, your information, so that we can say thank you. And then when you're dismissed, we have drop boxes at the exits of the sanctuary today. And then we also have text to give. You can give online or from our app, NBC ABQ app as well. Uh, that's it, church. Uh, youth, you guys may be dismissed to your teaching time. A round of applause for the next generation of leaders, yeah. Church, as we continue to pray for Pastor Richard and his recovery, uh, we want to continue to just thank all of the guest speakers we've been having every single week. Tonight, it's gonna, you're going to have an amazing speaker. She is a pillar of Christ. She has a heart for God, a prayer warrior in my eyes. Um, she's going to bring down the house tonight. Let's give a warm welcome to Roxy de Santiago. Good AJ, thank you. Good evening, saints of God. How are you? Ooh, I sound loud. You should give me this mic to sing, huh? Yeah, this is great. It's great. I love it. It's good to see you guys in the house of God. It's an awesome opportunity for me to stand here. Thank you to Pastor Richard for this opportunity. I know he probably saw me doing up here the announcements, and he's like, that girl likes to talk. I think I'm going to give her a longer time to talk, and that's why I got I got called up here. But, um, you know, it really is an honor. There are big shoes that fill this pulpit. There's a lot of amazing messages and amazing life-transforming words that come forth. And so it's not an easy thing to do because we know um, the difference that, um, that can be had right here, right? So I don't take it lightly. Um, we're in this amazing series of Psalms 23. Psalms 23 is one of my favorite psalms of all time. I remember I memorized it when I was a kid. In, in King James Version, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Those are powerful words, amen? Powerful words. And so when Pastor Richard said, hey, I'd like you to do one of these Psalms 23 sermons, I was like, all right, let's do this. Green pastures, goodness and mercy, I can do this. And then he sends me my topic, and it's about God's solution for indecision. And I was like, oh, Lord, I don't think he knows me all that well, because I'm not very good at making decisions. Let me just give you an example. I have two boys. I love them very much, and I want the very best for them. Like every mom, every parent wants the very best for their boys all the time. And I had to pick a school for them, and I had two schools picked out, and I talked to everybody about which school was better, and I did my research, and I went and checked their grades for their schools and who the teachers were going to be. And all summer long, I had places for my boys in two different schools, and I could not decide which school I was going to pick until... Finally, it was the first day in one school, and I had to decide. I had no choice. Tomorrow morning was the first day of school, and I had to make a choice. That's how indecisive I can be. 
And so when Pastor Richard sent this to me, I was like, I don't know if this is my topic. And then I heard God say to me, yeah, but if you heard the preaching, would you listen? And I thought, fine, I'll do it. I am not the best example of how to make a good decision, but I got Pastor Richard's notes And I knew I needed to hear this sermon a couple more times. And I am here to share with you only what I've learned since I got my topic. Our focus tonight on Psalms 23 isn't the green pastures or goodness and mercy. It's it's Psalms 23.3. It says, he guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. He guides me. Heavenly Father, would you just... Close your eyes and just for a second, just pray. Heavenly Father, would you guide me as a speaker tonight? Would you guide each of us in this place right now that we would hear the words that you have prepared for each of us? For I know that you are a great and powerful God and and somewhere in the midst of anything that I say, Heavenly Father, there is a message for each of us. Would you let our hearts, minds, and souls be aware of the message for which you have and let it be life transformational. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. He guides me along the right path. Just a phrase that reminds me of GPS. Now, I, I know you can see my gray hair. So I know that you know I was around before, like, GPS was a thing. Like, we had maps in our glove box in our car. We had to open them up, and we had, you know, our paths that we had to figure out which street. We had to first figure out which way was north on the map. And then, and then came MapQuest online where you could print out the map and then take it with you with the specific directions that said turn left or turn right here. And then, and then the fancy rich people had a little GPS system in their car. Do you remember that? Fancy. It's so fancy. And now we walk around with the map of the entire world in our hands. It gives us directions to just about everywhere. She's about to give me directions to the world right now. That's what Siri says. That's how powerful it is, right? Everywhere we go, we've got a map. But what if you don't know where to go? And what if there's not an app for that? What are we going to do then? Some questions are harder than just figuring out where you need to go. Some questions are like, do I buy a car? And if I buy a car, which one? And do I finance it or do I pay or do I lease? Or do I buy a house? And if I buy a house, which neighborhood do I buy it in? What schools go into that neighborhood? Do I buy it cash? Do I lease it? What what do I do? I pay rent? Where do I rent? Do I get married? Do I not get married? Do I get divorced? Do I not get divorced? What do I do with my parents who are elderly and can't take care of themselves? What do I do with my son, my daughter who is addicted? How do I make these decisions? Those are tough questions. And sometimes they're so tough that we just get paralyzed by indecision and we can't figure it out. Psychology Today had an article that that listed all the things that indecision was. Indecision is, is simply an inability to make a decision. I simply cannot do it. It's overwhelming. It's distracting. It's exhausting and stressful. It makes you full of anxiety and fear and worry and regret. And the list could go on and on and on about all the things that indecision causes you in your life. This, my friends, 
My beloved, does not at all sound like Psalm 23. It does not sound like still waters and green pastures and my cup runneth over and mercy and goodness. That's not Psalms 23. But the consequences of indecision in our life, in addition to all of those things I read, could mean that you lose out on making changes that are important, changes that God wants you to make in your life. Maybe God set up that house in that neighborhood just for you, and you don't know why, but there's a purpose for it. There's a neighbor you need to reach out to. There's a school you need to serve. There's something you need to do. And by your indecision, you lose out on the opportunities that God has for you. Maybe you lose out on the love of your life because you couldn't say yes to the dress. Maybe you lose out on some other important medical decision because you needed a second and a third and a fourth opinion. And instead of taking the time to find the right way to make a decision, you just keep procrastinating and pushing off and pushing off. And let me tell you, my beloved, I know exactly what I'm talking about because I am a procrastinator and an indecisive person. All of those things, though, the Bible already speaks to. The Bible says in James 1.8, their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. The Amplified Version says, I like what the Amplified Version, it says, being a double-minded man, unstable and restless in all his ways, in everything he thinks feels, or decides. Wow, that does not sound like Psalms 23 either. When I think about instability, I think about houses coming down in an earthquake. I I think about a child learning to ride a bicycle. I think about that game Jenga, you know, where too many blocks come out. And I remember myself in yoga class because that's not the picture of stability either. But this is not the plan that God has for us. He does not want us to be unstable. God's plan for us is one that is rooted and grounded in love. And as it says in Ephesians 3.16, it's one that he is our stronghold where we will not be shaken, Psalm 62.2. He brings us out of the pit of the miry clay and he sets our feet on the rock, making our footsteps firm. That's what it says in Psalms 40:20. It is one where righteousness has an everlasting foundation. Psalms 10:25. In faith we stand firm. 2 Corinthians 1:24. Keeping standing firm, not subject to the yoke of slavery. Galatians 5:1. God's plan is where you stand perfect and fully assured of God's will. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope, Jeremiah 29, 11. That's God's plan for you. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain, but in the Lord. Isaiah 26.3, the steadfast of mind keep in perfect peace because we trust in the Lord. That is the foundation that God has for you. Not one of indecision, not one of all of those other lists of things that we just saw out of psychology today. Forget psychology today. We got a God that is greater than all of that. 
Amen? Our God wants perfect peace and still waters and goodness and mercy. But the challenge really is how do we get there? Now, I don't know this from myself because, as you know, I just told you I'm indecisive. But I got Pastor Richard's notes. (laughs) And I did a lot of studying. But let me tell you, sometimes we reach our approaches through a mythical approach. Like, we're like, well, what feels right? Well, what's going to look good on Facebook today? And let's talk about today's language. What is my truth? That's not the way to reach a decision. Sometimes we just do a logical decision, right? I've been guilty of this. I have this whole list of pros and cons. This is exactly what I did to get my kids into school. I had my whole pros and cons. I had all my information. I had my charts. You know, I had everything out in front of me so I could figure out where my kids are going to go to school. Now, you would think I was picking out a university for them, but it was just middle school. So you know I was overthinking that decision just a little bit, right? But that's a logical approach, a magical approach. Ooh, mysticism, signs and wonders. How many of you remember that eight ball that we used to have, right? Used to make our decisions based on that eight ball. And would say things like, outlook not good. Mm. Or asked again later, or my personal favorite, because it's probably the most truthful, reply hazy, right? Sometimes we rely on these things, but this is not the way for us as Christians, as children of the Almighty, of the living God, to make a decision. God's approach, after all, is Isaiah 26.3. It's perfect peace and steadfast of mind. And it says, because he trusts in you. And God's approach is Psalms 23.3. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. That's God's approach. The first thing we got to do is we got to start by acknowledging that it is a God that we serve and that in all we do, we serve him. No matter what we do, Colossians 3, 23 and 24 says, whatever you do, do it with all your heart as working for the Lord. And I added this, not for your boss, not for your group leader, not for your Facebook post, but you got to do it knowing that your inheritance comes from the Lord. That's who we are as children of the Almighty. So I'm going to share with you four steps that I think are going to help you make a decision, a godly, a true decision that is going to lead you on the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Because what leads you on the path of righteousness for his name's sake is good for you and good in terms of fulfilling the purpose for which God has created you. So number one, let's admit that we need a guide. Man, that's the hardest thing to do though sometimes, right? Let's just admit that sometimes we might need a little help. Proverbs 15.22 says, Plans go wrong for lack of advice. And many advisors bring success. Too many times, my beloved, we're just too, we, we just refuse to ask for help. We're like too embarrassed or we think it'll, it's an admission of weakness and we, we're, we don't need help from nobody. I can do this on my own. 
Sometimes we don't want to ask for help because people will think, oh, they're just not good enough for the job. You just got that job. You should know what you're doing in that new job. You shouldn't be asking for help. Well, I mean, it's your first day on the job, so maybe you need to know where the restroom is at, right? Sometimes you just need to know. Sometimes you just need to ask for help. I I took this trip many years ago with a friend of mine to New York City. We, We thought we were so cool. We were going to New York City for a business trip, and we were flying into LaGuardia, and we've flown before. We rented a car. Now, our trip was to fly into LaGuardia and go to a business meeting in New Jersey, right? It sounded so simple. We drive all over New Mexico for like three hours, and we can get there with no problem. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I had never driven in New York City. So we land in LaGuardia. We get to the place where we're going to rent a car, and we forgot that there was like... (laughs) three-hour time difference, so my check hadn't posted yet, so I couldn't rent the car. We had all kinds of things going on, and I was so embarrassed. I was like, oh, my God, they're going to think we're from the Hicks. Like, do they even know New Mexico is part of the United States? Uh, Finally, my check cleared. We got to rent the car. We're so excited. We're sitting in the car, and we're like, okay, let's go, and we just look at each other. We're like, we have no idea where we're going to go. We're going to pull out of this here parking lot. We're going to turn left and we're going to turn right. And my choice was for right because I knew New Jersey was like on the other side over there and the sun was coming up over here. And that's all I had. That's all I had. I had, I had a right turn out of the parking lot. That's it. But my friend was wiser than me. And she's like, Roxy, we can't do this. We don't know what we're doing. She went back in and she got a map that had some directions for us to figure out where we were going. And by the grace of God, we had to drive from LaGuardia through some tunnel over Manhattan, through another tunnel, on all the way across to New Jersey. It was more than just a right turn out of the parking lot. But if it hadn't been for my friend asking, having the courage, the audacity to admit that we didn't know where we were going, to go back in and ask for those directions, who knows where we would have ended up. It would have been an entirely different story. But I was embarrassed. I didn't want to go in. And that's how we all are sometimes too, right? We're like, yeah, I'm just going to wing it. I'm just going to wing it. I'm not going to ask anybody for help. I know what I'm doing. Do you know what that can lead to some really bad decisions? We've, we've all made bad decisions We don't know anything about cars, and we go out and we buy a car that looks good. It turns out to be a lemon. We don't know anything about houses or the neighborhood. We don't use a real estate agent because we're smarter than that. We just buy a house that's falling apart. We don't know anything about electricity. We fix it ourselves. We don't know anything about plumbing. We fix it ourselves. We don't know anything about taxes. We do it ourselves. We don't know anything about investment, but we take that investment of the guy who called us, and we don't ask for advice. And all of those things lead to trouble in the long run. We need, number one, to decide that we need to ask for help. The Bible says in Isaiah 53, 5 and 6, He was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. We 
have all left the path. God knows that we're going to make bad decisions. He already knows that we're going to step out of the way here and there. But you know that through his gracious and almighty power, he has already laid all of your mistakes on Jesus Christ. So, sometimes it takes more to admit that we need help or that we need a guide. Instead, we need to acknowledge that God already knows the path that you need to follow. He already has the plans for you. They are plans for good. He has already laid on Jesus Christ all the mistakes that you are going to make along the way because none of us are perfect decision makers. None of us have infinite wisdom the way he does, but he does. And because of that, he's already made the way for you. Our first step is to admit that we need a guide so that we can make better choices. Step number one, right? Now, just a word of caution. You know, when there's a a newborn about to come, you see the lady and she's pregnant, and you're like, oh, okay, cute. You know, when my baby was little, you know what we did? We did this. When he cried, we turned him over here. We wrapped him this way. Oh, you know, we just let him cry because that was good for him. Oh, you know, we just gave him a little binky, a little pacifier. Oh, you shouldn't give him a pacifier. You hear... You hear all of this advice from everybody all over, right? Everybody who's had a baby. And even some people who have not had a baby, they've just had a puppy. They think that they can give you advice, right? So when I say, admit that you need a guide, that's fine. Admit you need a guide, that's fine. But remember that nobody knows your baby's cry better than you right? And everyone else is just guessing. Uh, Paul J. Waddell writes in Happiness of the Christian Moral Life that making up one's mind for oneself is a mark of a mature conscience, and it does not mean making one's mind up by oneself. When faced with difficult choices and decisions, you may look to others for guidance, but do not surrender the responsibility by asking them to make the decision for you. So don't give up your choice. You know the purpose for which God has created you. You know your family members. You know how they're going to respond to something. You know your baby when your baby cries. You know how you have to hold them or not. You know your family members. You know your spouse. You know your loved one. You know your finances. So when you admit that you need a guide, remember also that a guide does not mean someone to make the decision for you. Hold it. Do it. It's what God is asking you to do. Step number two, ask in faith for direction. All right. When my friend walked in there and asked for the directions, she was pretty sure that someone was going to give her the map. Just like every time we ask Siri to give us a map, we were pretty sure that Siri's going to give us a map. Every now and then, she even gives us three different options, right? Right. That's what I'm talking about here. Ask in faith. Matthew 7, 7 and 8 says, Keep on asking, and you will receive what you asked for. 
Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. The important part about this section, about asking, seeking, and knocking, is that it starts like with a really, 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 really good prayer. Like a real, real prayer. Not our Father, word, our heaven, which is a perfectly good prayer, our Father, but without any meaning for you personally, right? Like just, just this, this overlying prayer, Lord, please help me. But, but it's not like, like Lord, you got to help me out here. I'm in a bind. That kind of prayer where you really, really know that you really need help. Right? Here, let me give you an example. You know, they're selling those chocolates for youth fundraiser. I am so bad at that kind of stuff. Like, I remember when I was in elementary, and, you know, they give you the little fundraisers, and you'd have to go around and ask people to buy your stuff. I would go to people, and I was like, you really don't want to buy these, right? <laughs> I was a terrible, terrible salesperson. <laughs> I never sold anything. The only person who ever bought anything was my mom every now and then when she had a little bit extra money. That's it. That's the only person. I never got any of the prizes. Um. But I can ask for someone else. Oh, if you come to me and you need something, I will, I will go to whoever I need to. In fact, that's part of what I get paid to do, right? I'm a lawyer. I get paid to ask somebody for someone else's issue to figure it out. This, this is what I do. I'm so good at this. I can ask about anything for anybody else. But the moment it comes to asking about something for me, I'm like, y pues no sé. I don't think I want to do that. That feels uncomfortable to me. But the disconnect between that and asking for someone else is the failure to acknowledge, at least when I pray, the sovereignty of my God. It is a failure to acknowledge my own humility. I may need help. There are times, I assure you, there are times when I need help. We all do. We all get in that position. Just a couple of weeks ago, we had a tree fall on our house. We had no electricity. I needed some help. I called in a couple of friends. My husband called in a couple of friends. We called in our kids. There's no way we're going to move this tree off our house. There is no way. We needed help. But it took a moment of humility. It took a moment of recognizing that I can't do this on my own. I don't produce electricity. I'd like to think I do, but I don't. And so I needed some help so I could get my house repaired so we could get electricity back in my house. It takes that moment of humility. But here's the thing we need to know, each of us as children of the Almighty. God already knows the needs that you have. He already knows the very desires of your heart. But what he asks from you when he says, ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and it shall be answered. What he asks of you in that moment is that you would show your humility and acknowledge his sovereignty is God. In Second Chronicles seven fourteen, it says, if 
my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek and turn and seek my face and will turn from their wicked ways i will hear from heaven and i will forgive their sins and restore their land at this time in chronicles the nation of israel had been in and out of their promised land and I, I don't know about you, but every time I read the Old Testament, I get so frustrated with those people of Israel. Like they had a land of milk and honey, and God was like, here you go. And every time they got into the land of, of milk and honey, what did they do? They messed it up. They started praying to other gods. And I was like, why do I pray to other gods? They started, you know, marrying the wrong people that they weren't supposed to or not following the rules or, or not carrying out justice the way they were supposed to. They always found a way to mess it up. And I was like, oh, por Dios, they have a land of milk and honey. Like everything is given to them. What is wrong with them? But man, saints of God, aren't we just like that? We live in the land of milk and honey. We live in the United States of America where you are free to worship any way you like. And yet, we don't. We don't. We don't take advantage of that situation. We turn and we create gods out of other things. We create gods out of our Instagram posting and our Facebook posting and our tweets. And about, you know, Bruno Mars and Taylor Swift and all of these other people who we admire. About people that run for politics. We displace our loyalty that belongs on God. And other things. So when you think about the Israelites and you get tired of reading the Old Testament and you keep thinking they keep making the same mistake over and over again. Amen. Don't we all? Right? And what he's saying to them in that place is if my people who are called by my name. And as we sit here in this place, you, each one of you, my beloved, are God's people. And you are called by his name. So would you humble yourselves and pray and seek the face of God and turn from your wicked ways, your indecision, whatever it may be. He will hear from heaven and he will show you the Psalms 23 green pastures and the still waters and the goodness and mercy. That's his promise to you, my beloved. But you got to acknowledge who he is. Proverbs 11.2 says, Pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. None of us are greater or more powerful than God. If your answer is that you think you don't need to humble yourself, then we got to start this. We got to start this all over again and have a different conversation, right? Because our God is sovereign. Step number three, listen for God's response. Sounds really easy, huh? Like that's it? I was like, ooh, I can do this section. This sounds really easy. But it's, it's not always that easy when you're in the middle of your indecision and your anxiety and you don't know what to do. And, and oh my gosh, they tell you on this side, I love you so much, could you do this for me? And oh my gosh, I love you too. And you have to pick between two really good things or two really bad things or between two people that you love what do you do in that moment right have you ever had a conversation with someone 
who, who you know, just wasn't listening. <laughs> like they're on their phone or, or um, they're your spouse and you can just, you know them so well, you could just see that they're checked out. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to leave that aside. But I, I'm going to tell you about my dad. I loved my dad so much. He was, he was one of the most awesome people I ever knew. He was, he was an amazing man, a very hard worker. But in the last years of his life, he lost his hearing, and he, he could not hear. And he would always say, well, I'm deaf, and I'm blind in one eye, and I can't see out of the other, is what he would say to us. So we're like, oh, I don't, I don't know how that works. But he would drive around town all the time, too. So... <laughs> But when we had a conversation with my dad, I called it a conversation. We had a conversation with my dad. What you did was you just sat there and you listened to him. Because he hadn't talked to anyone in all day because he was, he was always working out there on the farm or on the ranch. He was always doing something. He hadn't talked to anyone all, all day. And he hadn't seen us in a while. So he would want to. What you did when you talked to dad is you just sat there and you listened. Every now and then you nodded your head. Mm-hmm. You gave him a thumbs up. He understood thumbs up and thumbs down. We, we never gave him a thumbs down because he would ignore it anyway. He would just keep talking because he wanted to talk. But sometimes, sometimes we don't know how to listen, right? If I could go back now and hear all of those things that my dad said to me, I would play them over and over and over again. I would like to know all those things that I, that I thought was the most ridiculous story that he was saying to me. But I would play them. I would listen to them. I would write a book. He had amazing stories. I just didn't know how to listen to him at that time. Sometimes we're a lot like that in our conversations with God, right? He's got amazing things to say to us. And we just don't know how to listen. We need to tune in the way, the way electronics are tuned in nowadays. Each of you, as you sit right here, you've got a phone. And somehow, your phone receives all kinds of signals. It receives text messages and calls and updates on your whatever feed you're subscribed to. And amazingly, even though we're in the same room, even though you may be sitting right next to someone, my call is not going to go to Tomas. It's, it's not. My phone knows me. My calls come to me. Your calls go to you, right, Tomas? Hope so. I'll go that's just the way this technology works. <laughs> oh, no, Renee. We're in trouble. We'll talk later. Well, send. we have to be like our phones when it comes to hearing God's message for us. We got to learn how to tune in to that message. God's message tonight, something I say, something Pastor Richard say, there may be something that's not for you. It may be for the person sitting next to you, but there's something for you, and you got to learn how to tune into that message. If I say right now, Siri, give me directions to New Beginnings Church, how many phones would pop up? People all around trying to turn off their phone, because Siri is going to hear me. She knows her name, right? All of you are the children of God. If my people who are called by my name, if you people of God who are called by God's name would learn to hear his voice. 
then you would learn to hear those signals. We need to figure out how to receive God's messages in the midst of everything that we hear. Job 33, 14 says, For God speaks again and again, though people don't recognize it. Here's how God speaks to us. Number one, he speaks through the Bible. And I know that sounds, I know you've heard that. I know we all know God speaks through his word. This is the word of God. It has amazing things for you. Sometimes the word of God can get a little complicated. There's some, there's some stories in there we may not understand. So if you don't understand what God's word says, I, I hear you 100%. Why don't you sign up for a class at New Beginnings Church? We offer these on a regular basis. Maybe pick a book that you think sounds really cool and sign up for that class. Maybe sign up for an online class so you can learn to read the Bible in a different way. My mom is an is in incredible person. She reads the Bible all the time. All the time. She has it memorized in all kinds of ways. But she's a native Spanish speaker, and she reads it in English. And I love her very much, but I don't know how much of that she actually understands. Like, it's pretty complicated. It's actually pretty complicated. God's love and his message of life is true and good and consistent throughout the Bible, but his word for us has so much nuance and so much detail that if you don't know how to read and understand God's word, you're missing more than half the signals that should be coming into you. So find a way to learn to read the Bible in a new and different way. Maybe you've always read it. Maybe the thing that you need to do is listen to it. Because we're different kinds of learners, right? So instead of reading the Bible, maybe you listen to it. Maybe you do some devotionals of some different kind. That's what you got to do to hear God's word because he speaks through you through his word. The second way that God speaks through you is through teachers and other believers. There are people all around you that are filled with wisdom. When you speak to other believers and you want them to reach out into your life, the first thing I would say is, would you choose someone that you think is smarter than you? Like, don't go out and choose someone who, if, you're, if you want to ask someone about marriage, don't go out and ask someone who's been divorced four times. They don't have a good message for you. If you want to ask someone about a financial question, don't go out and talk to someone who's always broken asking you for money. They don't know how to give you information. But when you seek out those people, whether they're pastors or, or uh, fellow church members or your family members or your friends or maybe your colleagues, would you make sure that they are people of wisdom, people of integrity, of goodness and insight in whatever area you're asking them to reach into? If they're, sometimes we need to reach out to professionals Sometimes we need to acknowledge when the people that we need to speak to are therapists and doctors, that they would have godly wisdom. Maybe they're lawyers. Ha, huh, that would be me. <laughs> Maybe it's got to be an investment professional. But sometimes you need to speak out to someone and say, hey, could you help me with the situation? That's God's plan. God says many advisors is what we need to make a good decision. And God speaks through impressions. Impressions is literally where something is pushed upon you. Like, it impresses you to do something and say something. Like, have you ever suddenly had this feeling like, ooh, I should call so-and-so. I wonder what they're doing. And you call them and you're like, oh, I was just thinking about you. Isn't that strange? 
No, it's not strange at all. It's God impressing upon your heart that you need to call so-and-so. They need to hear from you or you need to hear from them. Or maybe um, you should speak to someone else about something. Maybe it's impressed upon your heart that you need to ask someone about a question. Or maybe it's impressed upon your heart that you need to do some other kind of gathering of information before you make this decision because you're not sure about your decision yet. Maybe that impression that pull upon your heart is important for you to listen to. I'm not talking about a mystical approach. I am not talking about something that is based on your emotions. I'm talking about something that is deeper within you. It's the way that you listen to God. It is that still voice, like the voice of God speaking to Elijah. When God spoke to Elijah, it wasn't in the wind or the earthquake or the fire. It was through that still voice inside. Like when God said to me, would you really listen to this preaching if all I did was have someone else preach it? Ooh. All right, Lord, I'll listen. So that feeling, that impression inside of you, listen and respond Because sometimes when you learn to hear God's voice in you, that is what it sounds like. Finally, God speaks in the midst of circumstances, right? That door is going to close sometimes when it's not the right thing for you to do. That's a circumstance you got to pay attention to. And because the door closes does not mean you got to go out and find that battering ram or the drill to tear the door down. But it's also not the time to quit. Just because the door closes doesn't mean that if your dream has always been to do something, but this door closes, it doesn't mean you give up on it. It just means not at this time or not in this way. So you go back. You step back for just a second and you're like, okay, I was pretty sure that God wanted me to do this. So now How do I get there? That door is closed. Take a step back. You've taken a U-turn somewhere. Your GPS led you in the wrong direction. And you got to reassess and reevaluate. Don't quit. It's time to reassess. It's kind of like this. It's like when you have GPS in a bad cell phone area. And it's not loading. So you don't know to turn left or right because there's, no there's no cell phone service? What are you going to do? Just sit there till like someone puts up a cell tower nearby? No, you're not. You're going you're gonna to drive on a little bit. You're going to wait for Siri to get her head put together and say, recalculating, recalculating. She'll either tell you, yep, you're going in the right direction, or she'll tell you you got a U-turn, right? It's the same way with your circumstances. They're either going to tell you that you're going in the right direction or they're going to tell you that you got a U-turn. All the doors open, everything looks good, everything lines up. Praise God, you're in the path of his righteousness. The door closes, the door closes, the door closes. Guess what? You got to step back. You got to reassess and you got to make a U-turn somewhere along the way. Oh, I've I've only got seven minutes. I got to hurry up. (laughs) Step number four. Good thing I'm at the end, huh? Step four, trust God, even when you don't understand. We trust our GPS. 
We trust our phones. We trust all kinds of people to give us all kinds of information, even when we don't understand them. So why would you not do the same with our sovereign God? We don't know his plans. We don't know his plans. Isaiah 40, 20 says, no one, no one can measure the depths of his understanding. Ecclesiastics 3.11 says, Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the, heart, in the human heart, but even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. It would blow our mind if we understood God's scope from beginning to end. The important part about even when you don't understand is that you got to keep moving because God's plan, his plan for good for you, Jeremiah 29, 11, is impressive and more than you can ever fathom. Let me tell you that I could never have imagined that I would be standing right here right now. Like never in my life. If you would have told me 20 years ago that I would be standing here right now, I would have laughed at you. And I would have said, that is just not going to happen, right? But all along the way, God has made provision. God has made provision for me so that by the time I stand here before you today, I know my God whom I serve. I know his plan has been good. I don't know what's to come in five years, but I trust that he is with me. If you had told me 20 years ago, I would have never have believed you. How many of you can say as you sit here today, if someone had told you 20 years ago that you would not be on drugs, that you would not be on alcohol, that you would be married, that you would be out of jail, that would they believe you? Would you believe that story? No. And yet, as you sit right here right now, you, my beloved, cannot fathom the things that God has for you in five years, in 10 years, in 20 years. It's amazing. His plan for you is good. And if you knew it, you would get so scared that you would stay home and not come out. That's why you can't know. That's why you've got to trust God even when you don't understand. Walk in faith, beloved. Walk in faith. All right, I know we like our phone. I like my phone. So I'm going to give you guys some apps that you can use for your decision-making, right? I'm going to start with number one. The most important question of all that everybody gets stuck on is, where are we going to eat, right? Where are we going to eat? I'm hungry. Where are we going to go? I don't know. Where do you want to go? Uh, I don't know. Wherever. You pick. Well, I want to eat. I want to eat Chinese. Nah, I don't like Chinese. <laughs> All of you have had this conversation, I know. So number one app. Did you know that there is a app that if you put in your location, it will pick a restaurant for you? Yeah, that's what I said. No more indecision when it comes to where you're going to eat. You got to pick that. The only decision you got to make is, is there enough money in my bank account to cover this dinner out? Because if not, you're having a bologna sandwich and you're going home. 
right? That's God's will for you right now. Let me tell you, God does not want you to go out eating when you ain't got the money to go out paying for a restaurant. He wants you to honor the money that he has given you. So you, your decision is, can I afford this? And after that, then we talk to the app. All right. So app number one is a restaurant app. Not app, app number two is a prayer app. You pull out your phone. App number two is a prayer app because step number one is admit. Step number two is to ask. And the way you ask, the way we ask our sovereign God is by praying. You don't know how to pray? That's fine. It's a conversation. I think it's a conversation. But when you're a new Christian, maybe you haven't done it very long. Maybe you just need some guidance, some steps. That's fine. Listen, these phones, they bring amazing things. So open up your your apps and your phone, and put in at the very top, prayer app. You are going to get 15, 20, 30, 50 different options for you to download a prayer app. Download a prayer app and start using that. It's going to help you learn to ask when you need to ask. And sometimes just to say, hey, thank you, Lord. I had a good day today. We found the right restaurant. Number three, download your Bible app. God speaks through you, to you, through his word. Maybe, maybe, just maybe picking up the book intimidates you because you weren't, you didn't like going to school. Maybe. Do you know your Bible app can actually read the Bible to you? You can actually have it change into different translations. Maybe you don't like King James Version because it has too many THs in it. You can switch it to American Standard or New International Version. Switch it to a version that you know you understand. But if you can't read, would you at least listen to the Word of God and hear what God has to say for you? Maybe you don't have time all day, but you know what that app is going to do? It's going to send you a message every day. It says, here's a verse for you to think about today. Maybe that's all you have time to do today. That's fine. At least you're reading that one verse. So download that. Lastly, you got to reach out into the lives of others. So download, don't download the New Beginnings Church of God app. Maybe you don't have the kind of friends that you need to have. Maybe you want to sign up for that class. Maybe you need to ask somebody a question. That New Beginnings Church of God app will allow you to do all of those things. Send a message to your pastors. Send a request for prayer. Sign up for a class. Your phone is going to help you make a decision. Isn't that amazing? Now, listen, step number four is trust. I don't have an app for that. If I had given you an app, if you thought you needed an app, let me tell you, we've taken a wrong turn somewhere along the way. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Go back and start at step one, right? Because if you have gotten through all of these steps and you cannot trust God, we need to start all over again. In January 2009, there was a plane that took out, off from LaGuardia Airport. You know how I said earlier I was trying to take off from LaGuardia Airport, drive across Manhattan into New Jersey. In 2009, there was a plane that took off from LaGuardia Airport, and the entirety of this flight lasted five minutes. It took off at 3.26 in the afternoon. Within two minutes, it hit a flock of birds the flock of birds took off both engines. If the captain had kept going straight, he would have ended up in the middle of the ocean. Instead, the captain made a U-turn and turned back into New York City. 
He had two choices. Well, he had lots of choices. He could land on Manhattan. He could land in New Jersey. He could try to hit Central Park. But he was losing altitude. And if he tried to go into the city, he was going to hit a building. He landed in the river at 3.31, five minutes after he took off. When you see the pictures of the plane, you will see it smack in the middle of the Hudson River, and every single person on that plane walked out. No life was lost. <laughs> Captain Sully Sullenberger did a textbook landing. In a follow-up interview, he said, my instincts and my training just kicked in. I just knew what I had to do. I assessed my options. And within five minutes, he made the most important decision for all of those people's lives on that plane. My beloveds, there is going to be a moment where you're going to have to make a decision in five minutes. It's going to be critical. What I encourage you to do right now is not wait until you're facing that decision before you put in practice the four steps that you need to make a solid decision. You may have little decisions to make all along the way. Admitting you need help, asking, listening to God, and trusting God for those little decisions. That is going to make a difference when it comes to that one decision that split decision that you need to make that's going to change lives where you don't have time to build your charts and you don't have time to talk to everybody because you know what? The source of your guidance, the most powerful source of your guidance you carry with you everywhere you go, and that is the sovereign and almighty God. So if you put in place these steps now, every day, every decision, admit that you need help because you don't know his plan. Ask God, Lord, what should I do here? Listen for God in that still small voice and the circumstances and whatever is around you and trust that God has your back for every decision when the moment counts. That decision will be so much easier for you and you will walk away in faith and knowing I've made the best decision I can I heard from God, I think it's the right thing. Right? Every day. Would you just bow your heads tonight? Heavenly Father, we just come before you today. We thank you for how good you have been to us. We thank you for all of the many times that we have made decisions that have not been the right decisions, but by your grace and by your son, Jesus Christ, we have already been forgiven for those things that we regret, those dumb things that we should have never done. And Lord, you have restored us and you have put us back on the path. Would you keep us and guide us on that path that we may not stray? And when we do, thank you for your mercy and your grace that you would restore us to green pastures and still waters and goodness and mercy that never fails. For we claim that over our lives today. Heavenly Father, we admit that we need a Savior and we admit that we need your guidance in our life every day. Our worlds get crazier and crazier and we need you 
more and more. And we ask right now for those decisions that each of us are facing in our lives, we ask right now that you would, that you would come into our lives, that you would speak to us, Heavenly Father, that you would put the right people around us to speak the right words of wisdom at the right time, that you would open the right doors and close the right doors, that it always be your will. And Lord, we trust in you. And in those moments when we don't trust, Lord, would you fill our unbelief? Bridge the gap like you did in Mark 9. Be with us, Heavenly Father. We've got tough choices to make in our lives. There are tough things happening in this world, in our families, in our jobs, in our investments, in our financial lives, in our relationships, Heavenly Father. Would you be in the midst of that? For each of us. Thank you. Because right now in this place, we stand knowing that the plans that you have for us are plans for good. And we speak Jesus. We speak Jesus over every heart and mind in this place, that it be filled with peace and grace and love and mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. It's so good to see each and every one of you, my family. I love you guys. Remember to pick up these two on the way out. Would you invite someone to Easter? Because they also, every single one of us and every single person out there needs a message. Go out and live it out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.